So folks, today is going to be a remarkable day for the Guiding Voice platform. Because ever since we started our journey of launching this podcast series on 17th May 2020, we have evolved and we have transformed. I'm sure most of you are repeat listeners or the repeat audience coming from various walks of life, various geographies. If you remember, we initially started interviewing people from technology background and then entrepreneurship. Likewise, we kicked off all the episodes relevant to the technology and entrepreneurship on Thursdays. And later on, as and when we started growing, we got immense support from HR fraternity and coaching community who approached us and volunteered to contribute to the TGV's bigger cast. And then we have started publishing episodes related to self-development and transformation. And today, we are going to take a leap forward and a very big step in terms of providing some education related to the matters that are least spoken. Contrary to the popular belief, sexuality education does not mean talking about sex. Phew. But the word sex still has the power to overpower anything else, even if it is used along with education. She is a certified sexuality educator with a decade of experience in developing impactful content and facilitating workshops for kids, teens, parents, and teachers in the space of sexuality and safety education. She's also working towards changing the mindsets and making people realize that sexuality education is not just about sex, but about helping children transition smoothly from childhood to adulthood with a very positive and responsible attitude. She strongly urges parents and schools to untaboo communication on sensitive topics because when we talk, we educate. When we educate, we create responsibility. When we create responsibility, change happens. That is her strong belief. Anju Kish says, be a part of this change and together let's untaboo sex education. And today's episode, let's chat with Anju Kish. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, TGV for a Better Future. This is your host, Naveen Samala, a fellow IT professional, but with a passion to make a difference in the lives and careers of millions across the globe. In every episode, we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help you learn some amazing stuff. Also, folks, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact towards the end. And you know, You'll acquire more knowledge by tuning into TGV for every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are going to discuss a topic, untabooing sex education. And we are extremely thrilled and pleased to have Anju part of TGV's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Anju, welcome to TGV. I'm super duper excited. Thank you, Naveen. Um, super excited to have this very, very interesting conversation on undergoing sex education. And I'm so glad you extended uh, from just a tech podcast to more meaningful other conversations so that I could be a part of it too. Thank you and really look forward. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, on this occasion, I would like to acknowledge that 
Kavita Garla has been a great well-wisher and one of the strong pillars for the success of TGV. And I would like to thank her for connecting you with the TGV platform. On that note, let's briefly talk about your career journey and talk three things that have helped you so far. Well, uh, Naveen, my career journey has not been like a single lane road. It's been a road with many bylanes that I've traveled on and entered those bylanes to experiment. So I have uh, practiced law. I'm a, a law graduate. I practiced law. I worked as a journalist. I moved to advertising as a copywriter, you know, explored, learned, grew, and finally found what I call my ikigai, uh, sex education. Now, though sex education is the lane I chose, but trust me, it's a lane full of ups and downs, uh, curves and bumps, you know, bumps, gigantic potholes also at times. Uh, but I travel that lane because it's a cause I feel very, very strongly about. It's a cause I can feel can change relationships and, uh, and change society for the better. Now, seeing that change, however small, makes me brave those potholes on a daily basis. Well, if I were to come to the three things that have helped me in this journey, in this very, very turbulent journey, I think besides my belief in what I do, I would say what's got me going is um, having the attitude of a spring. You know, I, I tend to bounce back each time, come what may, having a good sense of humor has also got me going in this field. And of course, the support of my family and a rock star advisory board that I have. So just to call out here, Ratika, Anna, Poonam, Swati, I love you ladies. If I were to name top three, I think those were the ones. Wow, amazing. And uh, this is a path which not many are keen on taking because of the kind of societal stigma that we have. Hey, what is this? You're talking something which is which needs not to be taken in public. Right. And um, I'm, I'm sure you might have come across a lot of turbulences, as you have mentioned. And however, I, I still see that strength in you, wherein you're standing tall and working towards a stronger cause. And kudos to you. On that note, uh, Anju, let's talk about uh, the core of today's topic. Why do people get awkward when it comes to discussing about the sex education? It's actually very ironical if you think about it, right? We are a country of, what, 1.4 billion almost now. Imagine the amount of sex we're indulging in, right? So we believe in only doing, we don't believe in talking. This word sex has the power to elicit different reactions from people. You know, it gets them excited, scared, awkward, embarrassed. And the same is with this term sex education, you know, because people stop listening at the moment the word sex comes up. So they don't even hear. It goes on mute after sex, so they don't hear the word education. They don't read the word education. The word sex just kind of expands and that's all they read and hear. So obviously the reactions are very, very, you know, different. That, um, oh my God, uh, I talk to my child about sex? No way. Or, uh, you know, how can I talk to my teen about sex? It is against our culture. You know, there's always this line of respect between a parent and a child. I can't, I can't overstep that line. Or, uh, you know, talk to my young adult about, you know, sex. I mean, I don't need to talk, but they know everything about it. Or, or it is that, no, you know, talking to my teen means giving them permission and my blessings to experiment. Uh, so these are the mindsets which typically parents and adults have. There's a growing set of parents who are... Uh, wanting to talk to their children, but there's that awkwardness because they didn't grow up with this kind of sex education and they don't know uh, what should we talk about, what are the topics to cover, how much information is enough, what is the right age to give this information. 
And then there are some who, uh, you know, don't understand what sex education is and just presume that, you know, sex education is a talk on sex. And that's how this awkwardness around the topic. I think in our country, we need to decode what sex education is or give it a term which is more acceptable for people to get over this awkwardness and maybe even, you know, start talking to their children. Absolutely. I, I concur with you. Like having researched about this untaboo, right, your, your venture, and it, it is uh, clarifying to know that the sex education is not about sex, but many other facets of it in terms of how do we make our children know about the things that they need to know at the right time rather than just thinking that, okay, they are going to learn by themselves. Absolutely. And I think just knowing that what is sex education will help you take away that awkwardness. If you know that you're yeah. already doing you know, sex education with your child, if you're talking about the good touch, bad touch, not okay touch, that is part of sex education. And you're already teaching them that. Yeah. If you're talking to a child about dating, about crushes, that is sex education. So you're already doing that. So yeah. I think decoding sex education will help take away that awkwardness. All right. So you, when you mentioned about your introduction, you said you had come across some gigantic uh, potholes, ups and downs, right? As a sex educator, you might have come across a lot of resistance, right? Be it from society or anywhere, from anywhere. So what kind of resistance that you have encountered in your journey as a sex educator? Well, I'm always told that sex education is a very bold field you've got into. You've got into a very difficult field. Uh, how can you even introduce yourself? Um, isn't it awkward? Well, it seems a bold field because it's a space which is considered taboo. I'm sure, um, you know, going back, if we think of people who spoke up about, well, say, sati or child marriage, it was considered bold at that point of time. But, but because people got into that, that change did happen. So for me, it's very simple. It's a cause I believe in. So I work in that space. And with all the challenges and those gigantic potholes which come along with it. And uh, sure, there have been challenges. And the challenges, of course, besides, you know, kind of going, you know, through the mind blocks that people have, I think what other challenges are more personal challenges where people start looking at you in a different, with a different kind of mindset and attitude. Uh, you tend to become the butt of jokes and uh, snide remarks. And that's unfortunately mostly from people who are your friends and family. They, they think it's okay because, you know, you're a sex educator or a sexuality educator. Do all the talk, all the, uh, you know, the butt of all the sex jokes. You need to be the one. So I think that happens a lot. And of course, because you're listed on uh, Google as a sex ed company, you get calls from varied kinds of people at all kinds of day and night asking for what is the rate for sex. In fact, there was one of the unique call we had got was a guy from a small village, uh, you know, wanting to know, telling me that all the men in his village work in town and all the women folk are only there in the town and can we train him to be a porn star? So um, again, like I said, people don't read the word education, they read the word sex and they just presume that it's a sex job. And uh, so th th those are, of course, uh, you know, the more personal, uh, you know, again, it's a mindset kind of a challenge which we have to deal with. But uh, the parental mind blocks is one big challenge. But we have been at it. We have been doing our awareness talks and uh, hopefully we will break through and make those changes in society that we're looking for. Absolutely. I think society is opening up. Like we have come a long way if you compare the last two decades of transformation. And I'm sure you guys will succeed. You are on the right track. 
And th thanks for sharing those uh, two details. I think it is surprising to me for like people from villages calling and talking about Okay, can there be a porn store and all? Oh my God. Oh, yeah, we get a lot of that and we get a lot of women actually calling us, mm -hmm. uh, wanting to know what the rates are, but at the background, you hear the men. So oh. it's they're just wanting to, you know, so a lot of those calls we get, yes. I, I, I understand. And now you are a sex educator. When it comes to your approach, how would you approach it? Is it like a biology or any other approach that you follow? Naveen, I come from a very creative background, having worked in advertising, and I come from a creative family. So I tend to take the most mundane of things and make it fun and interesting. And uh, sex education is no different. I've always worked like this my entire life, and I'm, I'm doing the same with sex education. I took a topic which was sensitive, which was uh, uh, taboo, and uh, which is a serious topic. And I feel that why should a serious topic be taught in a serious manner? You can have a lot of fun while teaching it. If you go back to our class, you know, if you go back and see our teachers, remember our teachers is always the teachers who made a topic interesting. We remember that. We remember that lesson that we learned in that particular subject. So sex education is the same thing. If you teach it like a biology, sure, you know, at least you're teaching it, but it won't have the kind of impact. And, and sex education is a topic which is not just about physical and biological aspects, right? There are emotional, social uh, behavioral aspects to it also. It's a topic which requires creating a completely safe space for discussion, dissenting, expressing to be truly impactful. And that's what we've done. We've I've explored a lot of mediums to teach sex education. Uh, you know, my workshops are absolutely audiovisual and game-based. Um, I've created a play on puberty called Growing Up, which oh. is an educational play, but it's a complete laugh riot and it's a musical. And in fact, it's got a whole kawali dedicated to the male genitals. And I, I also use on and off the platform of stand-up comedy to, you know, poke fun at people's mindsets about sex education. And uh, then quietly plant a seed there for new thoughts. I, I, I found actually very early on that humor works to help people tide over their hesitations. Uh, it helps them drop their inhibitions very quickly. And I, I use that to my advantage. Great. In fact, uh, Antabu is soon launching its um, online platform for sex education and will be the first of its kind in India. And uh, the content there is also completely gamified, uh, engaging at the same time, very, very impact and change. Look forward to it. And when are, what, what are the timelines, uh, Anju? Uh, for the launch of the online? Yeah. yeah. Um, the next two months. Okay, cool. All right. So I think uh, we are going to share those links with our audience anyways. And um, you mentioned about creating that, uh, I mean, using humor to create that safe zone in the conversation so that people will open up and all. That is from right. the instructor perspective. But have you come across any funny anecdotes okay, during the conversations, during your training and all in this interesting journey? Uh, yes, there are tons and tons of anecdotes. Every workshop is is so beautiful. Uh, we create a space which is where the children feel safe to express. And thus what comes out is very open conversations, a lot of sharings, a lot of, they don't hesitate to say anything or share anything because they know we're not going to judge them. We're not going to ridicule them. There are, of course, lots of funny incidents, but, but please remember that we adults will find it funny. But for a child who's sharing or asking this, 
they are doing it with the utmost seriousness and it's something that they believe in and one of my favorite ones is when uh, you know uh, we were teaching a group of 6th graders in a school and we were talking about puberty and we were discussing the changes girls go through at puberty now this was a class only of boys and i was talking about periods and this one boy his jaw dropped when i said I told them how the uh, sanitary pads are used and he just kept staring at me and saying what what so i said okay what's you know why are you so astonished about it so he says you know oh, i thought sanitary pads were put inside shoes and that's how you wear sanitary so uh, i was like uh, i was like okay and why do you say so why do you think so he says i don't know in all the ads on sanitary pads we see on tv they so they show girls running and exercising and saying how comfortable it is <laughs> It's so beautiful, right? How a child minds things. Absolutely. Uh, these ads are using analogies. They're not showing exactly what our periods are, how they happen, or what is this product for. This they're just doing it for people who already know. But a child, this is how you know he has presumed it to be. So you know, while there are funny incidents and there are tons of them, uh, there are also disturbing and alarming ones. You know, disturbing and alarming questions and beliefs actually, where where you actually have these young teens. declaring that you know girls like to be hit while having sex or uh, you know there are these young teens saying that oh you know man condoms are not necessary to use nobody in the porn film uses them or young girls talking about you know their partners not wanting to use condoms and they relying on emergency pills they pop them like candies so there are very disturbing incidents there are very disturbing shares and there's some disturbing behaviors also at times in the workshops where they try to kind of shake your composure so a lot of those things also happen it's alarming actually and i i i like that example that you shared about the boy thinking about <laughs> shoes and all it gives some over power yeah very interesting now now that we have spoken about educating about sexuality to kids and all we as adults right do we need some education as well well i can give you a simple one word answer to that uh, whether adults need sex education but why don't i Tackle this in a different way. Your question: Why don't I turn the tables and do a rapid fire with you, <laughs> sure. and then you can tell me whether adults need sex education or not? <laughs> Are you game for that? Absolutely. Great, Navin. Love your spirit. All right. So here we go. Okay, my first question: A very basic question. What are the female genitals called? Vagina. There you go. It's actually the vulva. Vulva. Okay. <laughs> It's vulva. The vagina is an opening inside the vulva, uh. and It is the first lesson actually parents should teach the kids because mm-hmm. and, and that's the only thing we don't teach our kids right at the beginning. We teach the names of all the body parts, but the genitals we give pet names, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there are a lot of reasons why we should be using the right term because if we don't use the right term, mm-hmm. we tend to use uh, slang words. Yeah. For child safety, also it's important. But mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that was my first question. Another one. Um, did you know that? one of the testicles usually hangs lower than the other yes i have noticed myself but i don't know if it was by design I, I, okay so tell me then why is it what is the reason why is is it a medical issue or what why does one testicle hang lower than the other uh, i'm near, uh, i'm really not sure anju i think my ignorance so, <laughs> uh, no that's okay with the kids tell us oh maybe one is heavier or one came down earlier or one is more mature but actually nature designed it beautifully like this so that uh, you know when if both the testicles were at the same level and when you walk they'd, they'd be friction between them and cause pain mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. why one is hangs lower than the other in fact we had the mom tell us that uh, she saw this in her son when a cricket ball hit him 
mm-hmm. and she thought that he had broken his testicle and you know they panicked and rushed to the doctor so small things but make a very big big difference of why we should be knowing absolutely okay next one if a girl gives consent to a sexual act but in the middle of the act she says that she does not want to continue what should her partner do no is no actually like i think partner should not force her absolutely the partner has to stop immediately because consent can be withdrawn at any point so yeah. consent is a large topic it's not just about no means no consent has a lot of different angles to it and mm-hmm. it's a big big conversation maybe to have some day but what all consent includes but yes to know that consent can be withdrawn at any point even in the middle of the sexual act can you get sexually transmitted infections through the toilet seat yes so actually uh, the answer is no because the virus does not survive outside the body but you will not get a sexually sti through toilet seats but you can get utis and other infections from a soil toilet okay last one if you have sure, appetite okay. for more i'll ask you more <laughs> i am fine with two more maybe okay can a woman get pregnant even if the man does not ejaculate inside of her well there's something known as precum mm-hmm. it's like a fluid which uh, you know comes out when a man is sexually aroused and that can contain some sperms from a leftover sexual uh, experience or masturbation and that can cause pregnancy social distancing or masking even before you go anywhere near a woman's genitals all right i i there are lots more i can ask you but i think <laughs> i think my i hope i have answered your question of those adults need sex education it's it's a must have i i think audience you can uh, you you have already experienced i couldn't crack all the answers right i probably i have performed maybe a 20% right so definitely all of us need this one and we need to take it forward all right so anju yeah just just a point i just want to add in navin is that it's not about somebody not knowing all the answers and that's okay because most of us have grown up without any sex education not knowing the answers may not impact your life or it may just impact it in a big way yeah. so it it's great if all of us can can get sex education absolutely i think this is an eye opening conversation for me like because uh, it one point in time we get to a stage wherein we think we know everything but we don't know what we don't know thank you thank you for educating me i think it was really helpful and uh, anju this has been phenomenal conversation i would say and thank you for the quick rapid fire round and now we are going to turn the tables again i am going to kick off the rapid fire round but not related to your sexuality or sex education okay it is something just to know other side of anju okay okay Let's fire the first bullet out of the rapid fire round. Anju, what was your childhood fantasy? My childhood fantasy? Uh, okay, I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to be a Milson Boone writer. I grew up on these romantic novels and I wanted to be writer Milson Boone. And I will at some point. Good luck to you and more power. Definitely you are going to do that by the spirit that you have demonstrated. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. All right, let me move on to my next one. Anju, if you were to change one thing in the past, what would that be? definitely and definitely i wish i could change the fact that you know i wish i had not believed my cousin when she told me that if you dance with boys you will become pregnant maybe i would have had a more interesting teenagehood if i had not believed her oh my god <laughs> all right let me move on to my next one what is one random skill that you like to learn a uh, definitely again your cutting and styling hair i love absolutely that and i i experiment on anybody who would allow me to do it my kids when they were younger my naive uh, you know 80 plus old mom my maids even managed to convince my husband once till the bab family baba told us ki please bhabhi ji aap mat kariye 
that's one skill i'm going to learn yes wish you all the very best now now can you share one of the funniest moments in your life so far life is full of funny moments but uh, one which which takes the cake i think is my husband almost falling asleep on my shoulder during a wedding ceremony just because the pandit was taking way too long do you have that video kind of thing or <laughs> I, i do i actually do yes yeah so he has an ex lifelong excuse oh i didn't listen to half the vows so it's okay if i don't fulfill them right <laughs> quite interesting all right okay let me find the last bullet out of the rapid fire Anju, what is one electronic gadget that you like to see or invent by yourself? You know, I've always had this thought, and ideas keep popping into my head. And recently, I was thinking that why, why? What if there is a kind of a, you know, a ring or some electronic gadget which kind of gives a shock to an abuser whenever mm-hmm. there's an unwanted touch and sets off an alarm? I mean, it kind of senses the discomfort in your body or maybe your this thing, and you know, just or some other trigger, but it gives a shock to that person. I think it would be so great for kids. adults everybody somebody can misuse it also but i think it would still serve a larger purpose <laughs> quite interesting i think um, uh, your passion about this uh, ed- sex education is showing up in everything that you think right i think that's a very noble intent and uh, probably entrepreneurs and uh, those startup enthusiasts maybe this is a product idea it i'm sure it will be a huge hit and you'll get support <laughs> from antabu as well as tgv in terms of marketing that Absolutely. Great. So fantastic uh, rapid fire and with that let me flip back to the mainstream Anju and ask you one final question for this conversation. So what will be your one piece of advice to those planning to make big in their careers? <laughs> I'm going to answer this as a sex educator and okay. say that size does not matter and big is a relative term whether in sex education or otherwise. I mean how how much what do you define as big how much you earn or make does that determine the beginning of your career does your position determine your big you know for me the impact i make in someone's life with what i do is the definition of making it big so my advice for whatever it is worth is actually a quote by this lady i love to follow her name is lily tomlin and for those of you who don't know her she's a american actress old time american actress and comedian and uh, there's a statement she had made um, and i love that and she said that i always wanted to be somebody but now i realize i should have been more specific so uh, define your big and work towards hot on and i love your sense of humor kudos so thank you so much for this enlightening and very enriching conversation and it has been an absolute pleasure personally i learned a lot from this conversation and i'm sure it's going to help everybody out there Burst the myths about sex education, and they start opening up. And wish you all the best on your Untaboo as well as the learning platform, the gamified learning platform that you are going to launch. Wish you all the best, and you can count on us in terms of marketing or any kind of help you need. TGV is behind you. Thank you so much, Naveen and TGV. Really, really appreciate that. And yes, guys, please show some love. Follow Untaboo on social media. and uh, we will definitely navin reach out to you for any kind of help really appreciate that and please guys who are listening untaboo sex education and partner with us to help raise a very responsible generation leading to a safer society absolutely after that enriching and enlightening conversation with anju here is a request to all the audience please visit untaboo.in and also follow anju i'm going to share her details in the show notes you can click them right away and please support her in any way you can all right so before we move into the trivia section here is a small request 
In case if you haven't subscribed to TGV, please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from so that you'll be notified of all the future episodes. And folks, if you have loved this episode, please share with your friends or colleagues who can benefit from TGV because your friends will learn some new stuff like you and you'll gain new subscribers. Thank you so much in advance. All right, now let's cruise into the TV segment of today's episode. And today, our topic was untabooing sex education. So we came up with a trivia about sex, especially for those hardworking men who are really, really stressed out during this pandemic by stretching in 14 to 16 hours a week. And we are coming across so many news wherein people as young as 30 or 40 years of age are prone to this heart attack and heart strokes, right? You know, folks, having sex at least once per week can lower a man's risk of heart disease by 30% and stroke by 50% and diabetes by 40%. Also, research shows that men with an active sex life are more likely to live past 80 years. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Naveen Samala, your fellow professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the lives and careers of millions across the globe. Until next time, bye-bye.